Great. Okay. Are we ready? I think we're ready. Should we start? Or is it... These, I mean, our children are not asleep. They're just doing... They're like, we've put them down. It's bedtime. I know. They're going to interrupt us, but that's okay. Okay, great. They do it every time. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Doesn't it sound like it's fine? Yeah. yeah. There was that... Oh, well, we'll talk about it on the show. <laughs> I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss... When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Death Hello. Yo. <laughs> Short and sweet. How's it going? <laughs> going good. I was going good. Going good. <laughs> what? Nothing. Everything's good. Um, how are you doing? Doing okay. All right. My voice is a little wonky. Yeah. It, it, no. I mean, like, you've been <laughs> saying that. I didn't notice it until you said it. But uh, I I know what you're talking about. I validate you, but I didn't. Oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, i goofed it up so far. No. I mean, I know everyone really is only listening to the podcast for the tone and timbre of my voice. So I ASMR apologize. I apologize if it's not up to snuff this week, guys. But yeah. uh but we're still here. We're still doing it. We are. Yeah. We are. I think you sound wonderful. Oh thank you. I think um you know uh ooh my phone Wow. What? Wow. Phone buzzing on the table. That's rude. Bush League. Um I mean, you know, we're gonna get into it, but Rosalind Russell's voice isn't like <laughs> a euphonic, <laughs> uh, you know, cla- like beautiful sonic experience in this, but it works. Are you saying I sound like Rosalind Russell? No. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Mm, um, interesting. Do we have any topics at the top? I got nothing. I yeah. got nothing to discuss. I don't have much, although I will say I'm... Uh, I have a I have a date with our friend Michelle to go see In the Heights in the movie theater. Hi Michelle. <laughs> um, Avid listener. On Friday and I'm excited. I'm excited. It's, you know, it, that movie feels like one of the ones that you want to see on a big screen. So I'm excited to you know, and we've said this a thousand times because we've already been to the movies and yeah. whatever, but it is but this still is like, very novel like this being is like, in a movie theater. So the fir- okay, so the first time and this is all like these are such good experiences and such, I'm not, this is not me. Like I, I don't want this to sound like complaining at all. Cause it's not what it is. Mm-hmm. But like the first time for my birthday, you rented out one of the theaters at AMC and we saw the little things and it was a so fun and wonderful and yeah. weird, weird, very weird, <laughs> but great. Yeah. And I was like nervous about it and whatever. The second time we went to see Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And there were like a couple people in the theater this feels like a real return to the movies. Yeah. Like, it's a new movie. You're going to see it on the day it comes out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big screen experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it feels like a real, like, the movies are back, baby. Yeah, it's really ramping Picture back shows. up. Yeah. Well, in, in Jersey, they've just, like, lifted the indoor masking laws they and did? stuff. Yeah. Like, you well... To some extent. It's the like you, if you're vaccinated, store, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, guy, I don't think. Yeah, you're right. The guy at the liquor store who checked me out uh, didn't have a mask on, and it was wow. like, 
Weird. Oh, it was weird. It was cool. I was yeah. like, yeah, it's let's so, do it, baby. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> I didn't say that to him. I didn't say let's no. do it, baby. To no, him. that's probably good Um, that you didn't say that. <laughs> but this feels like it's going to be great. I'm excited yeah. for you. I'm excited to see it. Um, And then you can come home. We can watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'll be great. Yeah. Um, I've been watching uh, some really good movies lately. I've been really on, on my Criterion channel shit. Mm-hmm. And some recommendations, Ooh, maybe. some hot wrecks. Some hot wrecks on Criterion channel that I've really enjoyed lately. Some hot mic wrecks. And they might have gone away now because it's a new month. But The Silent Partner mm-hmm. was this weird Canadian uh, like movie with Christopher Plummer as a like psychopath bank robber mm. with the best eyelashes like young christopher Plummer was a hottie a he hottie was a hottie hottie in this one and he was like uh violent oof uh, okay well it was it was less rough. hot <laughs> well you know yeah and then um it has elliot gould in it and young and john candy's in it and so it was really good i really mm. liked it and i'd never heard of it before and that's like happening a lot lately and i'm not and that's good like that's like like I'm not, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the movies, and it's always mm-hmm. so exciting to just be like, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and then the Big City um, is like a classic that I watched. That's an Indian film by Satyajit Ray. Oh yeah, and he's like a icon of world cinema that I'd never dove into Mm -hmm. and it's called the big city and i really it was like one of the best movies i've ever seen (laughs) it was so good i just remember i i walked in you were watching i was like oh what's this and you're just like it's just very pleasant it is pleasant (laughs) but it's also like it's like it's like pleasant to watch in that it's just like the there's something about the music and like the shots of like them eating them eating and stuff and and just the like i don't know but it, it was really great and the it's about a woman uh in Calcutta in in like the fifties, I guess, getting a job, which mm-hmm. is like a big deal. And her father-in-law disapproves and her husband is resentful about it and stuff. And it was just a great movie. Just like one of the greats. Love it. That's all. Love it. Hot Recom- Rex. Those are my hot re- Rex. Cinema <laughs> Rex with Mike P. That's a different show. That is a different show. Um, Shall we? Y'all, guess oh. what we did. You oh, will never, you, you will never guess. What we did. You'll never guess. What do we do? We watched two movies. Wow. This week we watched The Rules of Attraction from 2002 and Gypsy from 1962. 40 years apart. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a thing. (laughs) Way to math. Basic math. (laughs) Um, Let's start with the um, absolute atrocity that is The Rules of Attraction. Shall we? How'd you feel about it? <laughs> it's from it's from 2002. It's directed by Roger Avery. Um, IMDb summary is the incredibly spoiled and overprivileged students of Camden College are a backdrop for an unusual love triangle between a drug dealer, a virgin, and a bisexual classmate. I don't think he's bisexual. I think he's just well. Here's the thing: is that in the opening thing. They do say that Kip Pardue's character is bisexual. What's the opening thing? What do you mean? The the opening scene where she's oh. like describing everyone. Oh, okay. At the party. They Kip- say that he's bisexual, but then there is zero thought, evidence of him being bisexual. Aren't they talking about Ian Summerhalder in that description? Oh, are they? 
isn't that who the love triangle is? It's Ian Summerhalder, James Vanderbeek, and um, a Knight's Tale lady. I mean, sure, but that's not like a love triangle. Like they're not. That's not what a love triangle is. Okay, we're getting to. We, I know. We start. I know. Okay. <laughs> um. So so you put, popping off. You put in the disc. It looks fine. I think. I think yeah, it actually looked pretty good. I looks thought. Fine. Um. Were there any extras on it? I don't remember. Um, oh, there were a thousand. There were a thousand commentaries, including a commentary by Carrot Top. Oh my! God. I think at some point in this in this discussion, you need to pull up that trivia that you were reading to me with the um, quotes from Roger Avery. Oh my god! So Roger Avery is like he was in the Quentin Tarantino sphere. He co-wrote Pulp Fiction, and then mm-hmm. I think he had a kind of a um, carte blanche to do whatever he wanted, and he he then went on to write and direct this movie, which is adapted from a novel by Brett Easton Ellis, who wrote American Psycho, the novel. So, like, American Psycho was a hit, I think. I mean, it seemed like... The movie? Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, oh, let's adapt his other novels, and this was the next one, and this, I don't think, was as successful. No. Um, Creatively or financially. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, so th- so okay, first we should talk about the fact this is the first movie we've encountered mm-hmm. where neither of us have seen it before and neither of us remember buying it right. or like, receiving it or We have no idea why we own this film. I have no idea and I always thought, "Oh, this was something you bought." Right. I mean, it seems like something I would buy for sure, but I so before we watched it, I was like, let me watch the trailer, and I was like, I don't recognize any of this from the trailer. That's weird. And then I was sure, I was absolutely sure, watching the movie that at some point there would be some scene or some line where I was like, oh, I remember this. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely blank. I do not know why we have this. Right. At all. Yeah. I mean, were we at some point collecting the complete? James Vanderbeek canon because <laughs> this is our second Vanderbeek. It's our second Vanderbeek. It's true. Welcome to the and, Vandercast. And what a Vanderbeek! Um, so it's American Psycho at a college, essentially. Not sort with, of, not, but with, not even as clever as American Psycho. Well, no, I agree. I think that yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that the movie Mary Aaron's American Psycho, which is I think a classic, mm-hmm. like. I've never read the book, but my understanding is that it streamlines the book into something a little more, like, sensical, or, like, sensical's the wrong word, like, um, into something that is a little more cinematically satisfying than mm-hmm. the book would be, mm-hmm. and this movie does not feel like it does that. No. It feels like it's um, all over the place in a in a way... Okay, we'll get we'll get into the plot and talking about it, but, like... Real quick, mm-hmm. there's a there's a story about Annie Hall. Okay. That Woody Allen shot like a completely different movie mm-hmm. that uh, was like three hours long and was about his own neuroses and had some weird title that was like a medical term. Mm-hmm. And then in the editing, they were like, "Hey, this part about the Diane Keaton character." is better than the rest of this, and let's just make that the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And then it became Annie Hall. Um, oh. And it feels like that's what they did with this. Is like They feel like they never went to the second step, which is like, 
what's the movie, though? Yeah. And find the movie in all this garbage that you shot. <laughs> yeah. But they just wanted to do it all. Um, um, so, anyway, sorry. No, it's okay. So, I mean, okay, right off the bat, there's so, so much vomit in this movie. And, like, really, really gross, disturbing vomit. Because the movie is playing with time a little bit. And I definitely read in the trivia that Roger Avery wanted to, like, the reason he was doing this is because of how you remember college. You don't remember it in a linear way. You don't remember everything. You just remember the highlights. Sure. So that's what he was trying to portray with this film. I think he fails, but whatever. Um, But so there's a lot of, like... Like we start, the, so the 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 opening scene is at a party, and we start with this girl, and it's gross. And all, the movie starts. The movie starts with the virgin and her talking about how she lost her virginity, and basically it was like she wanted to sleep with this guy, but and he was away, and then he came back and he broke her heart, so she chose this other guy, and goes upstairs with him. She passes out and wakes up and he's already fucking her and then realizes, oh, wait, it's not the guy she went upstairs with. He's filming her getting fucked by some other dude who then vomits on her back. And then we rewind. So we watch the vomit go back into his mouth. Right. Like a metaphobia trigger warning all over this thing. It's horrible. Well, also rape trigger warning. Yes. I was was getting there. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I just wanted to complete the metaphobia thing that I had started with. But yes, also, we are starting this film with I Lost My Virginity. To a guy that I didn't, like, I didn't consent to, and I was passed out, and, oh my god, and it's never addressed. It's never addressed. Like, I don't think the movie's glorifying it or thinking that, like, that's fine. Like, obviously, it's a very, like, dark... Right. Like American Psycho, like right. they're not saying, "Oh yeah, this is totally normal." Murder is okay. cool, but they definitely also don't call it out. Like it, feels well, they don't know like, what they're playing with, right? It feels like they're just saying, "Well, like yeah, this is a college experience," and they're not wrong. But to not to not say this is not okay is like mind boggling, right? Yeah, because they don't ever say that, right? Exactly, and I think that I think that they don't know the what they're doing mm. with like Brad Sinellis, Roger Avery. Like I don't, the, I don't think they know what they're, and we talked about this before mm. with like uh, history of violence with that like scene of, yeah. of bad sex or sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And like, this is definitely sexual assault. It's, it starts the movie. It's, I don't, it's played as like dark comedy. Right. Of. Right. And, and it's played as dark comedy and it's also played as look how fucking edgy this movie is Mm -hmm. he's gonna vomit on her while he's fucking her while he's raping her and then he's gonna we're gonna rewind and the vomit's gonna go back in and then we're gonna go to this and then we're gonna go to that the movie is a it feels like a checklist of edgy you know of edginess Mm -hmm. of like uh, just there are drugs. There are gays. Right. There there's is suicide. partying. There's, like there's a, suicide. Right. It's a lot. 
It's a lot. And, and none of it is handled in any way that's appropriate. I, like, I don't even mean, like, with kid gloves. You no, know what yeah, I mean? Just like, like, with any intelligence. Yes, like, exactly. It feels it's, like it's designed to shock and also, like, excite you and titillate you and all yeah. that stuff in a way that is... Um, I don't know what that line is because we, you know, I've said we talk about this all the time. Like watching, like American Psycho is a great example. It's like that movie shows you all this the same kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it it feels like it knows what it's doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. It feels more competent. And this movie feels like it's uh, it doesn't know what it's doing, and it, it does feel like it's glorifying all this stuff in yeah, like, like a, wasn't college crazy. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's. I mean, the there's also just like all the the early two thousands, late nineties, like stylistic tricks, which are like unwatchable yeah. in a lot of the rewinding time. Mm-hmm. So, especially in that first scene, but it happens throughout the movie. Yeah. And I think we're scattered talking about this, but the movie is scattered. It's the movie, so scattered. It's, it's edgy shit happening at a college. That's the whole movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, that's, we don't need to talk about the plot, like, whatever. Right. So, but that first section, they show up at the party. Um, the actress uh, plays the virgin, Shannon Sosaman. Sosaman, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Mm-hmm. But she was in 40 Days, 40 Nights, Night's Tale. She was, like, an early 2000s, like, it girl kind yeah. of. Yeah. Anyway, um... She has that scene where she uh, is raped, mm-hmm. and then we rewind and go back to the party, follow someone back to the party, and then we're with um, Paul? Is Paul... Vanderbeek? Ian Summerholder. Oh, Ian Summerholder. Uh, sure. Oh, yeah, he's Paul, sorry. So then we're with Paul, mm-hmm. who's Ian Summerholder at the party, and then we follow his like little story that night for a little while, yeah. and then we rewind again, and then we're with James Vanderbeek, who is Sean Sean Bateman. So maybe related to Patrick Bateman, uh, right? If you look at the trivia, Sean Bateman is Patrick Bateman's younger brother, right? Patrick and Bateman like is the- Patrick Bateman was supposed to appear in this film. They asked Christian Bale to do it, and he was like, "No." Um, so then they had they cast someone else to do it, but then. The cut that scene. Oh my god! Who's, who did they cast? I, I want to know. Remember. It wasn't I can't so, remember. It wasn't like. No, it wasn't anyone, <laughs> it wasn't anyone. exciting. Um. Uh. So anyway, so those rewinds, like then they rewind to the party. Then the movie starts with the title card, and then you see a bunch of backwards stuff happening as the titles are are coming up, or whatever. Yeah. And it just the point, and it's. I'm making my point in form and and content here. Mm -hmm. It just takes so long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just takes so fucking long. Yeah. You see, oh, people are walking backwards. Oh, someone's on the bike backwards. Oh, someone's applying suntan lotion, but it looks like it's (gasps) disappearing. Whoa. Because they're doing it backwards. Right. And the whole time I'm like, yeah, like. We get it. I get it. And then it's, that part ended and I, I looked at you and I was like, if we have to watch all that happen again in forward motion now, I'm going to be furious. And we did have to watch some of it. Sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. Um, like, I've seen Tenet. <laughs> well, it's, that, it's I mean, that's exactly it. It's a gimmick that someone was like, this is so clever. Yeah. Like, they even, at the end, the credits roll backwards. So they start from the do you typically get it, last man? credit. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
the worst. It is the absolute worst. Is your worst. mind fucking blown yet? Right. Um, you do... Okay. You do have a star-studded 90s teen actor cast, and it feels like literally everyone who was in a teen show in the late 90s, early 2000s was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to pull a Jennifer Aniston good girl and go do this, not necessarily indie, but go do this movie, and I'm going to prove all of you wrong. Like, I'm a different person. You've got Vanderbeek. You've got Jessica Biel. Yep. You've got that girl, whose name uh, the sorry. the virgin oh shannon so shannon was thank she, you i don't know how to say her name so yeah that, but, um, um what what teen show was well she wasn't in a teen show but i think this i don't know if this was the first thing she did but it, she was relatively new because there is a piece of trivia where roger avery talks about how she you could tell that she was new because she would get exhausted after two or three takes and she's like, well, everyone else. And he's like, well, and all the other actors were just getting started, like just warming up. And I was like, that's a weird, weird thing to say. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. That but weird. Um, Kip Purdue, I think Kip is Perdue, his name, yeah. who was in like, remember the Titans. Yep. And, you and know, 13. And he was 13. We talked about him last week because mm-hmm. he's the guy in the weird scene who he was in his 20s and they were in 14. their teens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it was like a weird makeout scene. Yeah. But he's in this too. Yeah. And um, Ian Summerholder was in something. I don't know what. But. Well, and, and Fred Savage. Fred is Savage also in is it. in it. It feels like there's a exactly what you're saying. There's a ton of people who were like, I'm going to shed my skin mm-hmm. and I'm not the good boy girl you think I am. Right. And I mean, James Vanderbeek most of all, like, and Jessica Biel. Oh my God. James Vanderbeek. <laughs> he throughout this entire movie. So his his whole storyline is he's like, um, I mean, it's hard to tell. I think he lies most of the time, but it's like he's at this college. He's selling drugs for a drug dealer right. at the college, right? Right. Um, but he also keeps getting these anonymous letters in his mailbox. He thinks they're from the Virgin. They're not. They're from a girl who commits suicide because he goes and sleeps with Jessica Biel. Um, but so he like does drugs and sells drugs and he's a bad guy. He's a baddie. And the number of times that he attempts the Kubrick stare yeah. in this film yeah. is hysterical. Yeah. And it's bad. Oh, rookie of the years in it too. Rookie of the years in it too. Um, sorry. So <laughs> no, 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 you're right. And the thing is, the thing is that like Vanderbeek versus Jessica Biel, I feel like, you can feel, and I feel like he's done this since Dawson's Creek. And like, listen, I get it. Like, <laughs> you're in one of the most popular television shows of all time. Not only are you in it, but you are the titular character. Right, right. And you are are pigeonholed and you want to be an actor and you're desperately trying to prove for the rest of your life that you are not Dawson Leary. And right. I get that. I right. fully get it. But he, you can feel him projecting, I'm not Dawson. Yep. Through this entire thing. Yeah, and there's it's, a desperation to it. Yes, and it's not good. And if he just relaxed, I feel like he would be fine. But you can feel the desperation. Jessica Biel, it feels less like that. Yeah. Like, I think Jessica Biel handles it. Like, she's like, oh, I'm not Seventh Heaven Girl. Right, because they didn't have her just stare into the camera and, like, make her into a snarling psychopath. Right. Like, they just made, I mean, they just made her into a sexual object. So, yeah, Jessica Biel handles it fine, but, I mean, I don't even blame James Vanderbeek, honestly. Yeah. I think that every, I think that his character and, like, the way that he's 
clearly directed in this film, it it's it's like over the top snarling psychopath, and it's it doesn't work. Mm-mm. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at because all. they are all over the top snarling psychopaths. It's just like. Yeah, okay, this was not my college experience. I don't think this is anybody's college experience. When they go to the, it's like, the get yourself fucked party or whatever. Like, the, the parties all have these, like, disgusting yeah, names. Like, yeah. And it's just, like, all these naked women, like, writhing around. It's a, it's like an old horny man's idea of what college is. And it's like, no, that's yeah. not what it was. It's not what it is. No. I mean... You know, may, may, you know, maybe SUNY Purchase was just different. <laughs> maybe SUNY Purchase I mean, was just... I mean, I went to Penn State University, so you would think that, like, that's a pretty typical college experience. Yeah, yeah. And were you one of the writhing naked women yes, at these parties? Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Great, 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 Obviously. Great. Um, so, yeah, so some of this trivia on the IMDb page, which, again, you got to take with a grain of salt, but... Um, this one really struck me. A reporter from Aid It Cool News was present as a scene was being shot. He comments on Roger Avery's creative means of getting actor reactions. For the last take, Roger wanted a surprised reaction from Shannon. So naturally, he asked Jessica Beal to flash her. Due to its placement, the camera didn't see Beale's surprise, but I did. Good God almighty, I love this job. That's fucking gross. Yeah, that's terrible. For on so many levels. Right. Like... Just reading about the behind the scenes of this film, I'm just like, oh, this was terrible to work on. I yeah. know it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was. Right. Like we said, the DVD comes with basically all of the special features are just commentaries by different people. Yeah. The top one being a commentary from Carrot Top. Right. Which you're like, well, why is that? Uh, so this says... Um, also included is a track from comedian Carrot Top, who had no involvement with the film and obviously was watching it for the first time. Its inclusion and existence was a meta joke from the director. Quote, like all performance art pieces, sometimes people just don't give it. get it, Roger Avery explained in an interview. I intended the inclusion of a Carrot Top commentary to itself be a comment on the mindset of the average American multiplex viewer who had totally misunderstood what they were seeing. I thought it was a brave stroke. I'm sure you did. Lordy B. I'm sure you did. Like, gross. <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> um, That's bad. But that that is a perfect, that is perfectly explains what you're watching. Like just someone who thinks they are being the most clever, the most uh, new and they're being unique and they think they figured it all out. Right. And you just don't get it, man. This is a real, and I, I'm saying this for myself, not you, but this is a real, like I, I have like hate in my heart for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, so I apologize if this is an unpleasant listen, but I'm just like, I'm just like, this is a fucking embarrassing movie (laughs) like to watch, to own. Yeah. To, uh, it's unpleasant. Um, Guys, we have no idea how this death match is going to go. <laughs> we don't. Um, the it, I, I'm going to say two things, two nice things. Oh, okay. About the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian Somerhalder acquits uh, uh, himself okay. I yeah, think. I think he's great, actually. Yeah. Um, the, you know, some of the scenes are bad. Mm-hmm. Like where he's like, 
I love you, man. Like, why won't you date me or whatever? Like, to, yeah. like screaming at James Vanderbeek in the end. And but they're not bad because of him. They're bad because you're like, wait, was I supposed to be like following some kind of emotional arc here? Exactly. What the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Like, the same thing happens when James Vanderbeek is trying to convince um, the Virgin. I hate referring to her that way, I but know. I don't know how to say her last name, and I apologize. Um, when he's trying to convince him, her that he loves her. Yeah. He's like, I love you. What? Like, like I've, I've always been in love with you. And it's like, again, th- this is like embarrassing. Like well, that you think that we were ever invested in any of this. Well, and he, the thing that's weird about, about that one specifically is that, so you, it's believe it's almost believable for his character because he's been receiving these letters in his mailbox. He thinks they're from her. Right. So he has created a relationship with her in his mind. So for him to say, but I love you almost makes sense for a psychopath. Right. Yeah. But her response isn't what the fuck are you talking about, dude? It's no, I'm mad at you. Cause you slept with my roommate. So right. like whatever we had was over. And I was like, you had something, right? What are you talking right. about? What we're saying is cruel intentions did it better. <laughs> like that's what they're going for. It is. Is it dangerous liaisons? Liaisons? Liaisons. Cruel intentions thing, and they're they, they you blew it. You failed. You blew it. Rules you of protection. Absolutely. The failed. other nice thing I'll say is that like some of the like stylistic stuff is kind of fun. I lo- see. That's funny. You say that, and I definitely wrote that. I, what did I say? I wrote. Uh, these are some real shot choices here. The only, okay, <laughs> the the two I liked, and they were not. I didn't like them. They didn't do anything for me in terms of, like, the movie. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, okay. Technically, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Were the split screen where Shannon and James Vanderbeek were walking around campus and they meet up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's a POV shot, so they're both in split screen talking to camera. And then it... Um, like both shots up. pull off, pull out and open up and pivot so that they become one shot. Mm-hmm. That it's was like, pretty cool, yeah. It was like... It's like I mean, all I'm thinking about is the camera work and the editing that it took to make this happen. Mm-hmm. They didn't in- integrate it into the like uh, story of the movie in a way that where I lost myself or anything like that. Right. But I was impressed by that. <laughs> the other one I liked was Kip Perdue in Europe. Oh, yeah. That was the <laughs> whole thing like, where it was like... That was the last stuff that they shot, and it was just him and the director and a producer running around Europe. You could tell. You yeah. could tell. It's five minutes at the towards the end of the movie where Shannon's boyfriend, played by Kip Pardue of 13 and Remember the Titans, our mm-hmm. favorite actor on this podcast, yeah. apparently. What a great name, Kip. Yeah. He... <laughs> Kip. Well, like... You're you're alive in 2020 and your name is Kip? <laughs> Let's get Kip for this one. Um, where he comes back and before he comes back, he narrates like what he's been up to. Mm-hmm. And it's about five minutes of the movie and it's rapid fire of him. Like it's like mini DV footage of yeah. him in Europe, who he slept with, where he stayed, what he ate. How what, he got from what, place how to he got place. From, what concerts he went to. It's like he, you know, it's it's like Micro Machines talk. Mm-hmm. For That's a that's a reference that's only 40 years old. That's great. <laughs> um, but uh, I did like that part. I was like, I was like, I could see a world in which this would be exhausting and annoying. I could also watch a whole movie of this. <laughs> right. Well, and here's the thing. It's like, yeah, that part really stood out as being cool and good. Because it doesn't belong in this movie. Right. It, it is just a separate short film inside the body of Rules of Attraction. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, not, um, 
not my favorite movie. Not a fave. Not a fave. Do not recommend. Don't watch this. Is it available, though? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to check it out. If and you'd you like to torture yourself. And you have Cinemax. Oh, can, well, of can, course this movie is on Cinemax. You can stream it that way or you can buy it wherever you find. Why does that sold. make so much sense? All right. So what's the connection? What's the connection? Well, how is Gypsy from 1962 going to be connected to <laughs> Rules of Attraction from, from 2002, you ask? I do ask. It's actually not that difficult. Really? It really isn't. Because Faye Dunaway is in the Rules of Attraction. Oh, true, true, true. Which was very helpful to me personally in this. (laughs) For this specific thing. And Anne Gillian, who plays um, Dainty June, not Baby June, but Mm -hmm. Dainty June. Dainty June. In Gypsy. Uh She and Faye Dunaway were in the 1984 miniseries Ellis Island together. All right. That's the connection, baby. <laughs> I love it. Um, all Man, right. <laughs> this segment gets better and better. That's the thing about the segment <laughs> is that it just gets, it's like like you it reaches a height like and a be- fine wine. Right. It reaches it reaches a certain point and people are like, well, there's no way it can get better than that. <laughs> and then the next week. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. All right. Our second movie is Gypsy from 1962, directed by Mervyn Leroy or Leroy? Leroy. Great. Another great name. I mean, wow. What if if Kit Perdue met Mervyn Leroy? Whoa. I think it might go a little something like this. And what if I had impressions of both of them (laughs) locked up, (laughs) lined up, just like, anyway. Wow, that would be a lot. (laughs) All right, our IMDb summary is based on the Broadway hit about the life and times of burlesque dancer Gypsy Rose Lee and her aggressive stage mother, Mama Rose. Yep, that's not a complete sentence. That's not a complete sentence, but sure. I didn't realize until this time, this Mm -hmm. is stupid, this is going to be a stupid thing I say. Oh, I can't wait. I didn't realize until this time watching it that this was based on a real person. Really? Really. (gasps) Wow. I, um... I'm I'm a, a man of faith, and so I've never looked into burlesque. Okay. Or <laughs> okay, uh, anything untoward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why, not because I'm stupid. Okay, got it. <laughs> Great. Got it. Got it. On board. Um, yeah. So I uh, have a lot of history with this show. It is for sure. Gypsy is for sure in my like top ten. Um, musical theater experiences shows mm-hmm. um, just in general I, I love it yeah um, I was in it yeah in 2005 um, <laughs> wow uh, I very I, I very inappropriately played uh, Mazeppa who is one of the strippers inappropriately how what do you mean well because they're supposed to be old and I was oh. 22 21 yeah, 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 they're supposed to be kind of like old and grizzled and washed up, and it was in a barn. Too. It was in a barn. It, it was, was so in a, good. so it was in a theater that I absolutely loved, which is this uh, converted barn in State College, Pennsylvania, and uh, so it's converted and it's in the round, which is so so fun. It was cool. Um, and the director uh, was was one of those kind of like a little bit crazy, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, and every it was just a really fun 
experience in general, and I made a lot of friends that summer. It was a great show, too. Yeah, it was a really fun show, and Mazeppa is one of those parts where it's just like, it's the best. Um, because so I was in the ensemble in the very beginning as like a stage mother. So in the, the show, st- top of the show, I was on stage doing a little thing and then I like leave and then I spend mm, act one getting into my Mazeppa costume, which is red and gold and gladiator sandals laced up my thighs yeah. and just like the best. Um, and I come out and I do two scenes and a song where I sing about bumping it with a trumpet and then I'm done. Right. And then I come out and get the biggest applause because uh, you you just. Because that, yeah. You, you killed Gotta it. Have a Gimmick is just take, you know, burn the house down number. And, right. and everyone and remembers it, it and, and loves it. Um, and it's just. And you were good. Just take the compliment. Okay, thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're just tre- fully ignoring me while I'm saying you were good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. But uh, But it's just one of those roles that like. I mean, you know, being a lead is great, but it's one of those roles yeah. where it's just like, yes. Yeah. Um, and I love this show. I uh, This version of it is not the version I'm most familiar with, actually, because the first version I saw was the Bette Midler version. Right. Right. Uh, from 1993, uh-huh. so I was 11. <laughs> right. <laughs> you um, were like this. Yes, but I watched it so much. This show about a stripper. Right. I watch like to the point where I can watch the Rosalind Russell version and see the differences in right. the staging. I know a lot of the choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 1993 version, so it was Bette Midler yeah, who else as Rose. Um, Lacey Chabert played oh, y- Baby June. Wow. And Amazing that she's not in Rules of Attraction. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, uh, Chris- Christine Ebersol was Tessie Tora. Sure. Um, Andrea Martin was Mrs. Cratchit. Like, you've got these crazy, oh, like, just great people in it. Tony Shalhoub is in it. Tony Shalhoub, does he yes. play Mr. Goldstone? Who's no, that? he plays Uncle Jocko, which is oh. different from Herbie in this version. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird. So, you know who plays Baby Louise? Oh. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? That's weird. I, like, love it. Um, but, yeah, so I was obsessed with that version of it. And then I think, uh, you know, a few years later, I was like, oh, there's there's other versions of this? Right, like, right, right. Um. And, you know, that's why we own this this movie is because I, I love it. Right. We've gone from a movie we have zero affection for, in fact, hate for, yes. to a movie we have deep affection for. So, Gypsy, if you're not familiar, Rosalind Russell, the great, mm-hmm. plays Mama Rose, mm-hmm. the ultimate stage mother. She's a vaudeville stage mother mm-hmm. um, for her her daughters. So it's June, baby June. Who's the star? Yes, and Louise, who's like kind of the second banana always, and is is a tomboy and is kind of awkward and right. doesn't. They they keep saying you know throughout the beginning we'll figure out what her talent is. We don't know what her talent is yet. Right, and, right. You know, uh, Mama Rose is very is a stage mother, like right. you said, the ultimate stage mother. Ulti- this Walks concept so- of stage mothers is not a new thing. Right. <laughs> Dance moms yeah. could never. Yeah. Walks in with like real. I this time I was struck by like walks in with like Natasha Leone energy, mm-hmm. just like rapid fire, like everything's this that you know that this that that blah blah blah, like not taking any guff from anyone that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's really. Um, I mean, it's an you know, 
used, haven't used the word in a while, but I'm going to say iconic. Iconic! Iconic it's performance. Been so long. Iconic performance. Yeah. And then the, you know, people are probably familiar, but the plot is that she's pushing, pushing, pushing her daughters, and then she pushes so hard that the the cash cow June, who's like the really, really talented one, marketable one, mm-hmm. abandons them. Right, runs away, gets then, married and runs away because she wants she wants to be on Broadway. Mama Rose is obsessed with her continuing on vaudeville, which is dead. Right. And uh, so she runs away. And for a second, Mama Rose loses herself and doesn't know what to do. But then she puts all of her energy into Louise. Right. Who is just not as talented as her sister. Right. Um, uh, but Mama Rose or is, is she? Oh, but Mama Rose is trying to perpetuate this vaudeville act that they keep. That's kind of one of the jokes in it, is it? It's the same song, the same dance, the same plot. But at first it's just like America themed and then it's farm themed right. and then it's uh, Madame Rose and her Tori adorables. And, right. And you know, it's all the same song that yeah. again and again. Yeah. And, and then so there they get and sorry, along the way she meets Herbie, who at first is kind of like uh, an agent. Right. But they fall in love and he keeps asking her to marry right. him and she says, Not yet, not yet, not yet. So you not got yet. Natasha Leone, you got John C. Riley as Oh, I literally wrote down how was there not a post Chicago movie remake of this with John C. Riley as Herbie? <laughs> yes. How did that not happen? Yeah. I don't be great. understand. It'd be great. It'd be great. But it's Carl Malden in this one. Who's oh great. my gosh, yes. So good. Carl Malden, and I remember that from the first time I watched this. Why are we peaking so badly? Because we're so excited. I'm so excited. Okay. Calm down. I'm gonna move back and I'm gonna calm down so we're not screaming into the microphone. Carl Malden, um, I remember watching this one for the first time and I was so excited to see him because I was also at the time obsessed with Streetcar. And he oh, plays wow. what's his name in Streetcar. Yeah, what's his name? Yep. Yep. Great. I don't know. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he plays he not plays, Oh, he plays John Desire. In Streetcar, right? Because he's the, his name is he's Mr. Desire, and then there's no, this joke is not good. Is it, I, I was like, I cannot tell if this is a joke this or if you're bit, actually yeah, trying to tell it's, me. It's a bad bit. <laughs> it's a bad bit, and I'm sorry. Um, you should be. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, <laughs> he plays. He plays not the main guy, not. Brando, Marlo, Marlo, I know the other guy. The other guy. I'm not anyway. going to remember. The more we, the more we talk about, it, I'm not going to remember what his name was. Okay, fine. Anyway, I was at the time also obsessed with Streetcar, and that was the only thing, other thing I'd ever seen. Carmel. Greg is his name. Greg. Stop! I'm trying to move on. Um, so I was very excited to see him in Gypsy and 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 see him do more and. He just, uh, he just, he felt like a, like a real stage actor. And he's then so here great. he was in Gypsy as well. And I was yeah. very excited. Um, and he's incredible in this. Um, 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 um. Uh, so we also, this is our second Sondheim. Second Sondheim, Sondheim did the lyrics. I, mean, I don't count camp as a Sondheim movie. Although he was in, in it. it. <laughs> but 
uh, Little Night Music we did before, mm-hmm. but now he did the lyrics for this, much like West Side Story, right? Yes, and this was after West Side Story, um, and he, I, because I, after watching it, I went and I picked up uh, Finishing the Hat, which is the the book that we have that's all about Sondheim and yeah. his lyrics and writing and stuff, and I, so to read the gypsy part again. Oh, you did? Yeah, um, and he just talks about how um, this was, a, Gypsy was a real transitional moment for him where he had, he had, something clicked, and he figured out um uh he what did he say he says he figured something out and also there was a transition between west side story and gypsy where you all of a sudden had uh characters with actual dimension mm, as opposed yeah. to just mm-hmm. um he's the angry one she's the shy one he's yep. the whatever and and gypsy was a flip to a different kind of character which is very interesting but i mean we don't need to tell you that sondheim is an incredible lyricist and it's all over these songs and yeah, you forget like level. i yes like the one i wrote down was um we have so much in common. It's a phenomenon. Yeah. Like that. What? That's what? What? You're rhyming half the word. I. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's it is so, so good. good. There's so many really good songs in this. Like and songs that you don't. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm in this house, so maybe <laughs> this isn't everyone's experience. But just like songs that I know that I forget that I know, like mm-hmm. some people and uh you know let I, me entertain you yeah exactly like all those songs are so good and and i mean i'm just saying it's the songs are good the songs are good the songs are good um it is very funny to me uh whenever i watch gypsy though and and think about uh you know little liza was obsessed with this musical about a stripper like what right and it's like oh no 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 little liza was obsessed with a story about a girl who's shy but turns out to be a good performer right. once she's given the chance, once she finds her niche. Right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were obsessed with that. Um, um, I think the movie also, you know, as a movie, because it's not just like an adaptation of Gypsy, but as a movie itself, it looks great. The yeah. colors are amazing. There's, there's a thing with old movie musicals that this is not going to be news, but like where so... So much stuff just happens in a wide shot. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think like, I mean, I don't know. There it was. There was kind of this this attitude of like, well, it's like the stage, right? Trying to figure and, out how to translate yeah, it from something from stage to screen. Exactly. Trying to figure that out. And this has some of that for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. But it also, I mean, you know, it's not a movie. It has a couple of dance numbers, but like right. like one, you know, particular like the guy dancing in the alley mm-hmm. kind of number, which is really fun to watch. Yeah, but it's not that kind of musical with like a with like a ton of big lavish numbers. Yeah, it's know? not Forty Second Street. It's a very. It's actually like watching it this time. I was struck by what a small story it is, mm-hmm. it, which is very weird. Mm-hmm. It's very strange for how. How big a movie it is, and how small a story it is. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, absolutely, and absolutely. That's, that's like the, a weird um, kind of like tension in it. Yeah. I don't know. It, but it is. It's like a big, lavish movie musical about like a mom who's a little pushy. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's not well, like you know. It's not like Meet Me in St. Louis or some big Busby Berkeley thing. Like, right. Yeah. And no, just I, I, I love you know. It's something we talk about all the time. Is that 
especially nowadays, there, people have so much trouble translating musicals to the screen. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't quite figure out why. I think it's literally because they have too much at their disposal. Mm-hmm. Like you look at something like Into the Woods and it's yeah. like, like Anna Kendrick tells this great story about Into the Woods, about how the, the shoes were. Yeah. So Into the Woods, there's a scene, she played Cinderella, Cinderella's leaving the castle. There's a point at which the prince paints tar on the steps to catch her and her feet, her so, so she's running down the stairs and her feet get stuck and she sings a song. Um, and at first they like created this whole like magnetic, insane, like invented some insane thing. Right. And she was like, I'm pretty sure I can just step out of my shoe. Right. And they were like, no, no, no. Cause it was Disney and they had all the money in the world. Right. And you, so that kind of thing, they get lost and they have all of this at their disposal now. So they're like, we have to use all of it. And it's like, no, just chill out. Yeah. And this, so Gypsy, I love, so the overture, musicals never have overtures yep. anymore, but Gypsy has an overture because it's old. Right. And the overture is just a shot of a stage. You can see the conductor right. and the orchestra and they play the overture to the credits. Right. And it's genius. Amazing. Simple and then genius. Yes. And then like the big dance numbers that Dainty June and her newsboys do. It's just a shot of the stage. The numbers at the end where Gypsy Rose Lee is a famous stripper. It's just shot, shots of a stage. And it's right. just, I I love it. Because yeah. then the rest of it, it's woven in with a normal movie. Right. And right, I, right. I, I just, I love it. I think they do such a good job. And especially um, watching the little things like... So when you do Gypsy on a stage, there's a bunch of one of the 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 not issues, but one of the things that you have to consider if you're going to do a production of Gypsy is that you've got a whole sequence at the end where Gypsy is getting famous and touring the world. And so she's basically got eight costume changes in a matter of 10 minutes. Right. Right. And so. So typically it's just her walking across the stage in different costumes and then coming back. You know what I mean? And they kept that. They just kept it. They didn't have to, but they kept it. Yeah. And it just little things like that where they're like, we're going to incorporate stage stuff. Right. Into this movie. It's brilliant. It makes it work so well. Yeah. And, you know, it's not uh, usually my thing on this podcast is like it's a little long. It is very long. And the movie's very, this movie's very long. It's yeah. two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, not at all a model of like narrative efficiency. Right. <laughs> um, there's a lot of, I mean, it's, it, there's just a, a lot. There's just a lot in there. It is. And what you're talking about is like, you know, yeah, you could cut some stuff. Mm-hmm. You totally could. Uh, but, you know, it does work. And, and it's kind of what I'm, what I was saying earlier of just, like it's such a huge blown out movie musical that mm-hmm. it feels like an event. Yes, I was going to say it feels worth it. Right. Um and there's a 90 minute of cut of this obviously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it doesn't need to be that and it feels like such a it feels like that would be shortchanging it somehow even yeah. though you know, I mean a huge part of it is just seeing Natalie Wood in the costumes mm-hmm. and see, you know seeing all that stuff. So it's really it's really uh, quite something. Yeah. I also <laughs> thought this disc looked really good. Like yeah, it, it looks did. it's definitely been cleaned up and but yeah. it doesn't look too shiny and I no. think it looks really good. It looked, it looked great and like the um the it has some special features on it, including some like outtakes like 
uh, what is it? We belong together or like wherever we go or whatever. What's yeah. Wherever we go and, um, you'll never get away from me. Right. Both <laughs> of those like extended sequences that they apparently thought were lost to time. Yeah. These cut scenes, but they found 16 millimeter prints of them. So they're on the disc. So that's very, very cool. cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, also the, it's funny, it, you know, what a piece of your DNA this movie is. Mm. Um, the first line that Mamoru says in the movie, mm-hmm. do you know what it is? No, what? Sing out, Louise. Oh, which yeah. Which is a thing you say all the time. Like, <laughs> it's if you a thing can't... I say all the time, and it's definitely, for me, one of those things that's like, uh, or can be, like a test. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, do you know what this reference is? Okay, then you're automatically cool. It never, never plays. No one ever no knows. No one ever knows what Sing Out Louise is from. Right. But you say you also say it to, like, our kids if you can't hear them and they're speaking to you. <laughs> no, I don't. No, not, like, in a bad way, but just, like. Do like, I, really? You, I think so. Mm. But no, you can cut that if you want. It's not like. No, I won't cut it, but I'm just, like, trying to think of a time First of all, a time when our kids were not um, <laughs> vocal enough. <laughs> <laughs> they are, after all, our children. They are. Um, yeah, no, but I do say that a lot. Sing it's out, great. Louise. It's a little, um, little catchphrase. Um, is it available? It's an older movie, so yeah. it's clearly not on Netflix or anything because, <laughs> look. Why would they have a good catalog? This is my. This is another uh, soapbox I'll save it for my other podcast, which is called End Another Thing. End Another Thing. And it's me ranting about things. But they do not have a good back catalog of the classics. <laughs> anyway, it's on Pluto TV, Shout TV, and IndieFlix, all of which are various degrees of, like, free, slash, you can watch with ads, mm. slash, like, you know, places where, like, some library titles live. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you, are, if you are a musical theater person, and even if you're not, and you just want to, and you, but you feel like you could watch a musical, can't recommend 1962 Gypsy enough. So much to love. Yeah. So much to love. Yeah. Um, um, it just, if you're not sure, just, like, YouTube some people... Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people from Gypsy, Rosalind Russell, nailing it. Oh, in the so be- good. So good. Anyway. Um, I mean, there's not a debate happening here. Rules of Traction, I don't know why you're here. I, who invited you? We who re- invited we you? We really don't know why you're here. Like, what do you, why do we own this movie? I don't know. The case might have some clues. Like, I have to look at the case. Okay. Which is up in the attic, because all our DVDs are in binders. Yeah. We, yeah it's but thing. I truly... I thought for sure I was going to watch it and be like, oh, I remember, like, I was young and I watched this and I thought, oh, this is cool. And I didn't know what I was talking about. And that's why I bought it. I do not remember it. I don't either. I I definitely never saw it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We'll never have to see it again. Get out of here. No one invited you. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. 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 (laughs) Um, Great. Well. Should we pick next week's matchup? <laughs> yes, we shall. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 600. 600 is from 2010. I love you, Philip Morris. Ooh. Yeah. That's a great movie, and I haven't watched it in a little while. Yeah, it is a really good, really underrated movie. And another Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Such good luck with our Ewan McGregor's Shallow Grave, uh, Down With Love. Yeah. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> I love you, Philip Morris. I love that. I'm excited. It's a great one. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 1,196. 1,196 is from 2012. This is 40. Oh, <laughs> I really was drawing a blank. <laughs> um, okay. I okay. love you, Philip Morris, and this is 40. Why? That feels like a good matchup, but I can't quite figure out why. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Two movies. Like, not thematic, really. About aging? I mean, sort of. I love you, Philip Morris isn't really about aging, I don't No. Think. All right. Well, we'll figure you know it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out when we watch them. Also, they don't need to be connected. The whole point is that it's random. <laughs> True. True. Okay. Y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you sing in the shower. Love that. Whether you do it all the time or you've never done it, give it a try. It's really fun. The acoustics in there are great. You're going to sound 10 times better than you actually do. I I can't recommend it enough. Sing in the shower, you guys. You got to do it. You got to do it. All right. Come back next week and see who survives. DVD DVD Deathmatch. Hey, bro. There we go. That's better. Wow. Yeah, that was perfect. No, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> Amuse bouche. Amuse burp. Amuse burp.